everybody, it's Girl Scout cookie time. If you are missing your local Girl Scout or their cookies, just let us know why and we will send them out until we run out. Supplies are limited. Happy Girl Scout cookie time. Hi everybody, my name is Shauna and this is the American English Podcast. My goal here is to teach you the English spoken in the United States. Through common expressions, pronunciation tips, and interesting cultural snippets or stories, I hope to keep this fun, useful, and interesting. Let's do it. Hi everyone, how's it going? Just a few days ago, I popped onto Instagram and saw a mini clip from the famous actress Jennifer Garner saying that she would be willing to send you, or anyone, boxes of Girl Scout cookies if they're not available in your area. She provided a real email address to her followers to write to with their shipping address. Seems a little crazy, right? To receive a box of cookies from a famous actress? It is, but maybe not as much as you think. If you've lived in the United States for a while, you're probably aware of the hype surrounding Girl Scout cookie season, which lasts for six to eight weeks between January and March every year. These cookies, selling at a whopping $4 to $5 a box depending on where you're from in the U.S., can be purchased in front of grocery stores, hardware stores, schools, online, and really just anywhere. A lot of Girl Scouts even walk around neighborhoods, knock on doors, and sell that way. It's not uncommon to hear people admit to stocking up on boxes so that they can indulge once the Girl Scout cookie season has passed. In that six to eight week period, the Girl Scouts of America earn $800 million in cookie sales. That means that about 200 million boxes are sold. Two hundred million boxes of cookies in six to eight weeks. Last time I checked, the population of the U.S. was around 330 million. So you can go ahead and do the math on that one. According to Statista.com, the Girl Scouts earn more money than any other cookie brand in the U.S. They earn more than Oreo. They earn more than the brands Chips Ahoy and Milano combined. For today's episode, I thought there's no better time to talk about cookies. I love cookies. I'm sure you all do as well. So the joke will be about cookies. The expression of the day will be, that's the way the cookie crumbles, which is a fun expression in the United States. And for the fun fact, we'll talk about Girl Scout cookies. So stay tuned for that. Let's go ahead and start with the joke. This one, I think many of you have probably heard before. When should you take a cookie to the doctor? Any ideas? When it feels crummy. (laughs) This is a common joke in the U.S., especially among kids, but what makes it funny is the wordplay on crummy. Crummy is an adjective that means bad. When you feel crummy, it means you feel bad. If your boss fires you, you probably feel pretty crummy, right? You feel bad. It can also be physical. For example, if you're coming down with a cold or if you have a sore throat, you can say, I feel crummy, right? You're not in your top condition. You're not your best. When we hear the word crummy, 
It sounds like it could be an adjective to describe a type of food that has many crumbs. C R U M, silent B S. Crumbs are little pieces or fragments of bread, cake, crackers, or cookies. Crumbs fall on your plate when you take a bite. Cookies, especially crispy ones, might make a lot of crumbs. So, in the joke, the cookie should be taken to the doctor because he feels crummy. He feels bad, but we're also left with the idea that he's full of crumbs. It should be noted here, though, and this is very important, that crummy should never be used to describe food that has crumbs. Crummy means bad. Once again, right? So if you say, "Oh, that's a crummy cookie," it means that the cookie tastes terrible, right? It's not a good cookie. If you want to say that the cookie is falling apart or that it's making a lot of crumbs on your plate, you could use the adjective crumbly. Once again, crumbly, but not crummy. Let's hear that joke one more time. When should you take a cookie to the doctor? When it feels crummy. Great. The expression for today is "That's the way the cookie crumbles." You might also hear "That's just how the cookie crumbles." Let's define the individual words within the expression first, and then I'll show you how to use the expression through a few examples. Once again, the expression is "That's the way the cookie crumbles." That's is a contraction of that and is. Or that and has, but for this case, it's that and is. The is a definitive article, so that's the house I want to live in. That specific house, right? The house I want to live in, not any house, not a house. Way is a noun, and it's a style or manner of doing something. I love the way you do your hair. The once again is a definitive article, and cookie. Is a noun. We use the term cookie in the U.S. to talk about small, sweet cakes that are round and flat. In Britain and in many other English-speaking countries, cookies are called biscuits,、um, which is confusing because biscuits in the U.S. are actually bread. In any case, popular cookie flavors in the U.S. are chocolate chip, oatmeal raisin, peanut butter. Some people like their cookies chewy, while other people like them crispy. Nobody, of course, likes a stale cookie. Stale is how we describe cookies and other baked goods that have hardened because they're old. The last word is crumble. Crumble is a verb, which means that something breaks or falls apart into small pieces. We often use it to mean that something breaks down or. Or falls. For example, an empire can crumble. A physical building might crumble if it's made out of poor material, or if it's very old. If it's ancient, it might crumble. A bad marriage might crumble over time as well. It breaks down or falls to pieces. We often use the expression "That's the way the cookie crumbles" to express that the situation must be accepted. Even if it is unfortunate, it's like saying that's just the way it goes. Such is life. We also use the French expression "c'est la vie," right? That's life. 
And this is a fairly good synonym for that's the way the cookie crumbles. That's the way it is. Let's go through some examples of how we might use this in regular conversations. Example number one, imagine that you've been waiting eagerly to have your dream job interview. Now, imagine that on the day of the interview, you get to the station, the subway station that you plan on using, and you see a bunch of orange cones and yellow tape blocking the subway entrance. You realize there's no trains running. So you call an Uber, but the Uber driver is stuck in traffic and you end up making it 30 minutes late to your interview. After the interview, you're kind of upset. You know you did not leave a good first impression because you were not punctual. And so you call your mom and tell her what happened. She says, sorry, honey, but that's life. That's the way the cookie crumbles. In other words, what's done is done. The situation has passed. That's life. You just got to accept it. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Example number two. Imagine that your basketball team has made it to the NBA finals. And by halftime, it looks like they might win. To your dismay, during the second half, the other team pulls into the lead and wins by 13 points. You might be bummed out right when it happens, but later you get over it. After all, you win some and you lose some. Say la vie. That's life. That's the way the cookie crumbles. You just gotta accept it. Example number three. Imagine that you and your friends are competing to see who can sell more Girl Scout cookies. You decide that the quickest way to make sales is by knocking on doors and asking your neighbors if they'd like to buy some boxes. Your friend, on the other hand, cuts some corners. Instead of selling the boxes herself, she asks her dad to send an order form around to all the co-workers in his very big office building. In the end, your friend, or should I say your friend's dad, sells more cookies. And you tell your friend, hey, you didn't win. Your dad sold your cookies for you. She might respond, that's the way the cookie crumbles. In other words, that's life. C'est la vie. You just gotta accept it, even if it's unfortunate. So before we move on to the pronunciation exercises, I'd like to give a shout out to all of the young Girl Scouts out there that try and compete with other kids' parents. I feel you, and that last example had me uh, thinking about my experience as the 10-year-old going around to doors and knocking on them. Anyway, let's go through some pronunciation exercises now. We'll use, that's just how the cookie crumbles. Repeat after me. That's. That's just how. That's just how the cookie. That's just how the cookie crumbles. That's just how the cookie crumbles. All right, in the conjugation, repeat after me. I said, that's the way the cookie crumbles. You said, that's the way the cookie crumbles. He said, that's the way the cookie crumbles. 
She said, that's the way the cookie crumbles. We said, that's the way the cookie crumbles. They said, that's the way the cookie crumbles. It said, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Let's move on to the topic of the day. Today we're going to be talking about Girl Scout cookies, which may seem random and somewhat irrelevant, but when you've lived in the U.S. for a while, you'll start to realize how big the Girl Scout cookie craze is. Every year, sometime between January and March, usually, depending on your troop, Girl Scouts between the ages of 5 and 18 set up tables full of cookies in front of grocery stores and department stores across the U.S. Although 12 cookie types exist as of this year, if you check out the Girl Scouts website, each troop may decide which cookies they want to sell. On the table, you'll usually find between seven and eight different types of cookies. And always, of course, the classics, which are Thin Mints, Samoas, and Trefoils, which I'll explain in a bit. Nowadays, the number of baking companies involved has been reduced to two, Little Brownie Bakers and ABC Bakers. Although the packages are virtually the same, The recipes and names of cookies vary slightly between the two baking companies. It's not really a big deal. It just causes a little bit of confusion among consumers who decide to buy cookies in a different area and then see different names of the cookies on the package. In total, about 1 million Girl Scouts take part in sales, and the total cookie sales has reached 200 million boxes sold in recent years. As I mentioned in the beginning, 200 million boxes adds up to about $800 million, right? With each box going at around $4 to $5 per box. 25% of sales come from cookies called Thin Mints, which are thin mint-flavored chocolate wafers dipped in a chocolate coating. The second bestseller, which is my personal favorite, are called Samoas, or also, if you buy from the other company, Caramel Delights. This is a vanilla cookie covered in caramel, sprinkled with toasted coconut, and it has chocolatey stripes of chocolate sauce, I suppose, running across it. About 19% of total sales come from these cookies. Then there are Dosey Dos, or peanut butter sandwiches, which bring in about 16% of total profits. These cookies are made by spreading creamy peanut butter between two crisp oatmeal cookies. And last, but not least, tagalongs, or peanut butter patties, which are vanilla cookies covered in peanut butter and then dipped in chocolate. These make up 13% of sales. As you can see, Americans enjoy peanut butter. (laughs) Uh, After these top four sellers come two variety of shortbread cookies, one with lemon, one without. The trefoil I mentioned before is without. And there are a few others in the mix that aren't actually sold at all locations. So which cookie sounds the best in your opinion? Would you prefer the thin mints 
the vanilla cookies with caramel and toasted coconut, peanut butter, shortbread. What's your favorite? There are two big questions that haven't really been answered yet. Right? How did these cookies get so popular? And the second question is, what do the Girl Scouts do with $800 million every year? Let's start with the first question. How did these cookies get so popular? Well, in the U.S., it's not uncommon for groups and organizations to have bake sales. A bake sale is when homemade goods, such as cookies, brownies, muffins, or cakes, are baked and sold. Normally, the groups or organizations who host a bake sale have an intended goal with the profits. For example, my fifth grade class hosted a bake sale to fund an overnight field trip to a pioneer camp, which I'm sure I'll talk about in a later episode. The Girl Scouts did just that. They originally started by making homemade baked goods to support their group activities, such as camping trips and troop outings. The first recorded bake sale was in Muskogee, Oklahoma, as early as 1917. And girls sold the sweet treats in their high school cafeteria for profit. The success of the sale spread by word of mouth, and soon enough, troops in different states, such as Connecticut and Massachusetts, jumped on the bandwagon. In other words, they followed the trend, and they also began selling cookies. A few years later, one of the Girl Scout directors published a cookie recipe for the young Girl Scouts that had very affordable ingredients. After all, affordable ingredients that could make a great cookie could make bigger profits. The Girl Scout director estimated that with 26 to 36 cents, six to seven dozen cookies could be made with her recipe. She was also convinced that each box with a dozen could be sold for 25 to 35 cents. In other words, one box sold would be enough to make their money back. That also meant that they'd be able to keep the profits of the other six boxes sold. So that's a lot of profit. Up until the early 1930s, all of the baking went on in home kitchens. But by 1936, sales became more organized and licenses were handed out for the first commercial bakers. Many bakeries wanted to jump on board, especially with the increasing popularity of the cookies. Girl Scouts were like little entrepreneurs. With the help of troop mothers, they were rolling with the times, meaning that they stayed relevant and modern as time passed. For example, in the 1990s, when people were crazy about low-fat and sugar-free products, the Girl Scouts introduced a sugar-free cookie. Since 2010, the Girl Scouts have been riding the gluten-free hype by offering one gluten-free cookie called Toffee-tastic, which on a side note, the number one cookie seller in the U.S., Charlotte McCourt, described that cookie as a bleak, flavorless, gluten-free wasteland, which is kind of funny. Before selling cookies each year, a Girl Scout must set her goal on how many boxes she believes she can sell. They set a goal and they try and meet it. They try and keep their promise to themselves. So that can be 200 boxes or even 18,000 boxes, like Elizabeth Brinton, 
which was dubbed the Cookie Queen and held the cookie sale record for 29 years. She apparently even sold cookies to the former president, President Reagan. Which leads to the question, how in the world does someone sell 18,000 boxes of cookies? Well, according to HuffPost.com, quote, her success was presumably due to her rather aggressive efforts. The article explained that she used to hang around crowded subway stations and approach people, informing them that their cookies were tax deductible. (laughs) When subway riders said they didn't have cash to buy the cookies, she would offer an alternative. We take checks. The moment they pulled out their checkbook, she'd say, well, why not buy the whole case? In other words, why not buy all the cookies that I have if you can just write a check? Imagine that. What would you do if someone did that to you? In 2014, Elizabeth Brinton's record was broken, and then again in 2017 by Charlotte McCourt, who sold 25,000 boxes. Her tactic was to write very honest emails about the taste of Girl Scout cookies to her parents' wealthy friends. I guess uh, it would be pretty funny to receive an email from a 10-year-old saying that certain cookies taste like dirt while others are divine and then trying to sell them all to you. I'm sure her emails were pretty charming, though, because 25,000 boxes of cookies is a heck of a lot of cookies. Another reason why consumers might be compelled to purchase, other than, you know, sweet little innocent 10-year-old entrepreneurial girls selling to them, is the fact that the money goes to a good cause. 70% of the money stays within the local community to support the Girl Scouts and their activities. 10 to 15% of the retail price goes directly back to the individual group. The rest of the money goes back to the manufacturer, of course, because the cookies need to be paid for. There are plenty of other reasons why cookie sales might be successful. Some say that the cookies are just very good. Some feel that the fact they're sold only once a year makes it feel like it's a limited time offer. In any case, I think the success will continue. The Girl Scouts themselves believe selling is much more than just the profits, though. Girl Scout cookie season helps build young entrepreneurs by teaching five very important life skills. For one, goal setting. First of all, they have to set their goal, like I said before, and then they need to meet their goal. Decision making. They need to run and promote sales. The girls also with the troop leaders need to decide how they will accept money. The girls at my supermarket, in addition to cash, took credit card and Venmo. There's money management. For example, they learn how to count change back to customers, and they also learn how to budget the money that is earned from the cookie sales. They learn people skills because they talk to anyone and everyone, and also business ethics. In a New York Times YouTube video, a troop mom named Pilar Ruiz said, It turns shy girls into outgoing girls, gives them the people skills they need for the real world, gives them some financial literacy. The girls have to learn how to count back change. It teaches them some independence because they have to do it instead of having their parents do it for them. She also comments that you can't just sit on the couch and watch TV. You need to get out and work. So what do you think? Do you like the idea of building entrepreneurial skills in girls at such a young age? Or what about young boys? 
Overall, I think it's pretty cool. I'll continue to buy my overpriced boxes of cookies because they not only make me nostalgic and they're good, but it's also for a good cause. So that's it for this episode. If you didn't have a sweet tooth before listening, I bet you do now. Remember, cookies are better with a glass of milk. And if you want the transcript for this episode, in addition to a lot of fun bonus material, you can access that by going to AmericanEnglishPodcast.com. Hope you're having a nice day and talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the American English Podcast. Remember, it's my goal here to not only help you improve your listening comprehension, but to show you how to speak like someone from the States. If you want to receive the full transcript for this episode, or you just want to support this podcast, make sure to sign up to premium content on AmericanEnglishPodcast.com. Thanks and hope to see you soon.